Fantastic news. Kyle, you've been reading more? Oh, we all like hearing that, don't we? DarbyCast, Wildcard Friday. Kyle, my colleague over here, just relayed to me that he was catching up on some Samuel Clemens. What was the book, Kyle? Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn? A little bit dicey these days, allegedly. I think they have a little bit of language in there that isn't smiled upon by many. But I guess, good job anyway. I thought it was a good book. Just guys hanging out, having a good time, painting fences, getting into mischief. You don't see that a whole lot uh, these days. Kids are indoors and they're isolated. But speaking of indoors and isolated, let's talk about January 6th. Field trippers that never quite came home. What a fucking mess, right, Kyle? Yeah, that's still going on. How hard can the media and Congress meme January 6th into being serious? How hard can they keep beating this January 6th drum? What a big nothing that was, all things considered. They use incredibly hyperbolic phrases like those evil QAnon people glared at our democracy with injustice in their eyes and almost did things to democracy's bottom. The kind of thing that only happens in prison and San Francisco. Very inappropriate. That's what congressmen are saying about January 6th. I get it. Generally, in a organized, well-functioning society, you don't want people showing up at the Capitol and waltzing around the halls. Because that's what it was, right? Insurrection. Good Lord. Where do they get the balls to call that an insurrection? You will know what an insurrection is when you see it. And that was not it. Goodness gracious. A bunch of boomers hooked on QAnon fan fiction that was most likely authored by a three-letter agency. It just led a bunch of boomers to the Capitol and then they got there and they're like, oh, but what are we supposed to be doing here? And then professional agitators were like, yeah, go inside make a mess. But they're like, no, no, we don't want to do that. We just, we're here. We don't like the way things are going very much. We're pretty upset. And we'd like things to change. That's the general message. Then you had the guy with the Viking helmet and the fur vest show up. And he just kind of uh, had himself a little bit of a day. He seemed like he was having a blast. Yeah, what insurrections have people showing up in festive costumes? Also, senior citizen females are there. If we study insurrections of the past couple hundred years, not a lot of senior citizen lady participation. Senior citizens, period, but definitely not senior citizen ladies. Now, let's talk about how serious this insurrection was. 
everyone left when they were asked to leave. Do you remember that? When Donnie J was like, thank you, everyone, it's time to go home. And everyone was like, okay, that's it, I guess. So if you were rooting for an insurrection, that was the most disappointing thing you'd ever seen. And then if you wanted some reason to justify a increase in your authoritarian measures, you're like, ah, well, this wasn't quite it. But what if we said it was? What if we said this was really intense? Do you think we could prove it to people? Do you think we could start an investigation with the taxpayer's money? Hasn't this been cute? The January 6th show trials? Just the sloppiest piece of Soviet theater that I could imagine. At least hire somebody from the West Coast, one of your Hollywood stooges, to give you a little coaching on story structure and just overall presentation. Or maybe you just ask somebody with a lick of common sense to say, does this thing have any legs or are we just blowing so much smoke that we look like assholes? And then a rational actor would have said to anybody pursuing a January 6th grand jury or whatever the hell they're putting on, they'd be like, yeah, it just, you don't have the material. There wasn't a ton of action. You're trying to equate a backup on the freeway traffic jam to the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's not looking great. People think this is fucking stupid. But no, they're not going for that angle. They're going hard in the paint. These overpaid halfwits. Just remarkable, isn't it, Kyle? Hearing the kind of crap that they're saying about the January 6th thing. And citizens have every right to be concerned about the direction of the country, do they not, Kyle? Got a half brain dead quasi corpse at the helm of the ship. Talking about Biden, obviously. The economy's tanking, people are dropping out of society. The general social fabric is deteriorating in a pretty colossal fashion. I think I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. I'm beginning to wonder whether I'm developing some kind of late onset autism or whether people's social skills are just degrading from too much internet nonsense and too much emotional stress. They never really give the people a break in this country, do they? It's just one hypersensational news story to the next. And they never let you come up for air because that's the commie playbook. Keep you on your heels the whole time that you can't make any sort of good decisions because you're so rattled all the time. Listen, I get wrapped up in the nonsense as well. Some days I find that I'm tired. Kyle, that was like three days ago. Boy, was I tuckered out, huh? But so were you, Kyle. So were you. But if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you're well aware that things are pretty fucking upside down and sideways in our country, and you're just kind of watching it all unfold in real time. And that's tricky, right? Because some days it's a comedy and other days it's a tragedy. And those tragic days, they hurt. 
They hurt. Seeing how painfully stupid some people are, well, also noticing how deviously evil some people are. It's just like, gosh, a lot of ugliness in this world. Ugly people in a spiritual sense, very disgusting looking in their spirits. But you got to love how Congress has just pivoted into this January 6th show trial, right? Ignore all the legitimate concerns of the citizenry and instead take the people who were pretty thoughtful in their intentions to show up. That's more than can be said for most people. I'll go ahead and tip my hat to that. I didn't have that in me, not on that day. But they fell for the QAnon thing. The whole Q thing may have been real for about a week or two in the beginning. And then three-letter agencies, NSA, CIA, DOD, FBI, whichever one it was, they were like, oh boy, this is too tantalizing to ignore. What if we cultivated what this could be? and then got a bunch of people to show up at the Capitol, and then we could say that our democracy was about to get raw-dogged and nobody was even kissing her first. Have you heard some of the things that they're saying about democracy? The way they're anthropomorphizing democracy? Watching left-leaning media anchors attempt their hand at poetic speech is one of the most joyous things that I've done in recent history. People who are entirely dead inside, complete and utter intellectual prostitutes with very little autonomy and self-respect, speaking to their producers behind the scenes. And the producer says, okay, Don Lemon, you stupid son of a bitch, try some slam poetry about democracy and relate it to January 6th. But remember, make it really intense. Because January 6th was a lot like Pearl Harbor. And it was also like 9-11. But it was also kind of like the Civil War. It was like Civil Pearl 11. That's right. Civil War, Pearl Harbor, and 9-11 all into one. Civil Pearl 11. Son of a bitch. So yeah, Don Lemon. Go ahead. Make democracy sound like it was something that got violated. Okay. Okay, Don. And Don goes on the air and he says, the United States democracy is like a pair of doves flying in the springtime. And then Nazis and white supremacists came out of nowhere and tried to run over them with a Ford F-150. Not okay. Producers in the back room just giving Don Lemon a huge fucking thumbs up. Yes, Don. Yes. Nailed it. You are so artsy. But gosh, that would be pretty tough, right? If you were just one of these quote-unquote journalists running the play. Because you don't have nearly as much skin in the game as a politician or a corporate overlord. Imagine being a low-level journalist just towing the line and being like, boy, I saw some of the tape from that day, and it was underwhelming. But then you're like, fuck, I guess I got to toe the line. 
I guess I got to write about how if advanced genetic engineering and time travel were possible, then Putin and Hitler would have a gay baby and they would name the gay baby January 6th. That's the level of seriousness happening in left-leaning media these days. Goodness gracious. I consume a lot of left-leaning media so you don't have to. And at this point, I don't even have to, right? Because it's all the same crap over and over again. People are dying mysteriously of unknown causes, and we can't seem to figure it out. Global warming is an issue. Racism is now on steroids. Literacy's down, but gang violence is up. And that's a good thing. Isn't that great when articles end? And that's a good thing. So where are the January 6th protesters now, Kyle? I don't know why I'm asking you that. I already know. They're on buses. They're being bussed around some kind of weird prison loophole where if prisoners are in transit, they can't really be tried for anything. So you just drive them around. You don't have a good crime to pin on someone. You just arrest them, imprison them, and then put them on the road. That's something that I guess we do in the country. And let's make no mistake about it. These people are political prisoners. Well-meaning, disaffected boomers who got a little too caught up in the QAnon hype and didn't realize that they were getting hosed. Bless their hearts. These are generally, I would say, good people who enjoy barbecues, friendship, and maybe a trip to Chick-fil-A from time to time. No problems there. But I tell you what's the real whodunit of all of this. I'm going to kind of crack a big story here. So these people fell for the QAnon thing, right? They show up on January 6th, have some run-ins with some professional agitators that probably work for three-letter agencies or something in that vein. A bunch of stuff goes down. Left-leaning media and Congress people start their pearl clutching and say, oh gosh, you almost took democracy's V card. You weren't married to her. And it's like, you don't care about marriage. Don't use examples like that. Okay, guys. Say something more in your lane. They showed up at the democracy orgy and didn't bring any lube. That seems more like their style. But you have these people and then you just throw them in prison. So Soviet. Just hammer time. Hammerandsickletime.com. So you take all these people, you make up some interesting charges and say you did so many felonies and you're a national security threat for walking around the halls of Congress without any sort of firearms. You just waltzed around slowly, didn't use any advanced tactics, didn't secure anything. You just walked around and then left. But we're going to charge you with a bunch of stuff because you're nuts. You're crazy. And you're so dangerous. Senior citizen, patriot, Gladys, 
We can't have 85-year-old Gladys walking around. Not if we want to keep democracy pure and gentle and majestic like a pod of dolphins. Right, Don Lemon? Pod of dolphins? Democracy? That's what it is, right? So these people that have been imprisoned, what next for them after the bus rides? Because the bus rides serve a distinct purpose. And I have a hunch. I have strong intuition. We know this, right, Kyle? I think these QAnon formers are going to become pretty pissed, pretty radicalized. If I were in their shoes, I'd be pretty upset. This happened like a year and a half ago, wasn't it? And there have been people that have been not in jail, but in prison this whole time because they decided to show up and wave a $3 American flag made in China and hang out, loiter around the Capitol for a little bit. Anyone who thinks that the events of that day were a whole lot more than the way that I'm describing them, boy, do you need to get your head checked or get some new friends. Can you imagine how many democracy orgies there have been in major metropolitan areas in the United States where a bunch of lefties just get together and molest each other and talk about January 6th? Because I'd say that you might be able to imagine that and then realize that that's probably actually something that goes down weekly, if not daily. But we've been over this. You gotta toe the line. Because the moment you start to ask good questions, you're screwed if you're a lefty. Good questions are the antidote to whatever it is you consider your quote-unquote ideology. You have no idea what game you're playing. There's probably a lot of lefties who were just really agreeable, nice people who got in way too deep to this whole thing. Like politics. Politics is not for everyone. It really isn't. But you got some overly nice people with no real guiding values or principles. They're just kind of empty vessels. They've just been running whatever play has been given to them for their whole lives, either by the American education system or corporate America or, you know, whomever, cultural icons. And so it was pretty easy to just say like, hey, you, Harriet, our political platform is be nice to everybody. What do you think about that? And then Harriet says, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. And then slowly these dirtbags start layering in more stuff. Started with, oh, Harriet, we've got nice ideas and we're actually really good people. And that was all it took, right? That was all the sales pitch that was needed for some people and be like, well, they said they're the good guys. So like, why wouldn't they be? So now you have a bunch of political tourists in the game and they've been going along with this thing for a long time. And maybe at one point or another, they were like, wait a second. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if anyone in the U S political systems really on the level, certainly in the leadership class, that's for damn sure. But they're like, wait a second, my name's Harriet and I am nice 
and compliant. And these people are still appealing to my sense of niceness in some odd, perverse fashion. I can't just let that go, right? And then on the opposite side of Harriet, you've got red-blooded Americans who don't recognize what their country's turned into. And they got pretty hyped up on the whole QAnon thing. Boy, did they. And I see the seductive element of that, that there's some insiders who are going to make some stuff happen. Boy, doesn't that sound nice. Then a guy named Hank gets caught up in the mix. He feels as though he's doing his patriotic duty, all the while being duped by dirtbags. Harriet thinks she's doing her duty of niceness, which is based on nothing. We can tip our hat to Hank because he's at least acting on some sort of principle. Harriet, not so much. But boy, are they caught up in the game now. The intersection point of their two games, January 6th. Which is just the lamest crescendo of any sort of story that I've ever heard. It was so underwhelming. Yes, many people walked around the halls of Congress. Yes, they weren't supposed to be there. But it lasted for like six hours and then they left when they were asked to. We cannot stress that enough. But what of Hank now? Hank has been riding around on a bus for a year and a half with these other people who are pretty fired up on the QAnon thing. And there's a lot of potential that these people have not heard that the whole QAnon thing wasn't entirely on the level. And so they're still hyped up on it and they're riding around in buses together and they're stoking the fire and boy, are they going to be pissed. But what does that do? When you release them and they're all pissed and radicalized and insane because you've taken them on a year and a half road trip to nowhere, what then? Hank is going to be a dangerous person. Not because he's developed additional skills, but because he was severely mistreated and tortured in some capacity for the crime of an unauthorized walk. Hank heard from his neighbor, Robert, that going to the Capitol was the right thing to do and that there were some insiders who were orchestrating the whole thing and that Trump was finally going to bring justice to a corrupt empire. You can see how that sounds really appealing. I think we all can. That sounds amazing. But it didn't happen. Boy, did it not. It's the best possible outcome for a guy like Hank. I'll tell you what it is. It's listening to this episode of the Darby cast and hearing from me and others saying, Hank, I'm sorry that these ruthless fucks in power not only duped you into showing up to a sting operation, but then threw you in a bus for a year and a half? My goodness, Hank, not okay. Loved where your heart was, and there may be a time when you get to exact some sort of, I don't want to call it revenge, Hank. I really don't. 
leveling of the scales, Lady Justice. How about that, Hank? And he would say, can we go to Chick-fil-A? I haven't eaten anything really tasty in a while. It's been bologna sandwiches with no mayo. Check that with light mayo. Poof, now that's torture. Am I right? But yeah, just to kind of bring your attention to something, the current regime is busting around political prisoners who really haven't done a whole lot wrong. They just showed up one day and were like, hey, my neighbor told me to show up here. Sounded cool. I'd never been to D.C. before. Said there was uh, some kind of a protest where we might get some answers and have some of our grievances addressed. Rumor is there's a little bit of corruption going on in the government. And I don't know. I thought it might be nice to say a thing or two about it. That's how these people got roped into it. Yeah, that's what's going on. All the while, you have latte drinking liberals in cities all over the place where it's too loud to form a coherent thought. The noise levels in cities. Yuck. So people in cities like Harriet just cruising around, patting themselves on the back for being upstanding, nice, truth-loving justice seekers, saying Civil Pearl Eleven was the oversized club to the baby seal that is our democracy. And many of us have had the hope that there would be some Republican politician who would put his foot down, or hers in the case of Marjorie Taylor Greene, she seems to be reasonably outspoken, and say, hey, so this January 6th show trial that we're doing, we're wasting the taxpayers' money. The people who showed up have legitimate concerns about the way things are going. We're living in a bloated bureaucratic and technocratic oligarchy slash kleptocracy. It's unsurprising that people aren't fired up on the way things are going. You are further irritating people by wasting their money and televising these show trials as if you were going to come to some dramatic conclusion about the nature of people walking around unassisted. But there is no right-leaning politician who said anything like that. And why is that? Because we're kind of running things on a mafia-style wavelength at this point. And if you squeal and get some henchmen to show up at your place and knock your kneecaps and just ice your whole family. So I get it. If you're a right-leaning politician and you're like, I'm actually... um. I see what's going on and I'm not fired up on it. We understand that you're in trouble. So like maybe when you're on TV, you blink 18 times in rapid sequence to let people know that you know what's really going on. That would be cool. But yeah, this is some serious Soviet fuckery. Sovietfuckery.com. But yeah, these trials really instilling confidence in the American people that the people in charge right now are to be trusted and they are super legitimate. Yeah, just don't go against anything we have to say and everything will be fine. Oh, cool attitude. Thanks. People leading every major institution. Thank you.
Really appreciate it. But yeah, that's just a little update on what's going on. Pray for Hank, but also pray for Harriet. What a mess.